Good evening, Daily Fantasy Football fans, and welcome to a Wednesday night edition of the Big D Podcast. Before I bring in the night's special guests, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. We can see just DFS or NFL content, but uh, we've got a special guest coming on the podcast next week, so I can't wait to have him on the podcast and uh, show you all the latest and great as well. If you remember a month or so ago, my next guest uh, did such a great job with uh, Daily Fantasy Sports that we decided to create a weekly episode of Daily Fantasy Sports. So joining us from Virginia Beach is my friend Charles Sears. Charles uh, is not just a DFS player, but he also is writing a... uh, weekly column on fake pigskin he wrote his uh, he took a uh, what four or five li- lines and bet against the spread so uh, charles you ready for betting dfs anything uh, i'm ready for it all man like last year i was sort of checked out of nfl um i mean i was still watching it and stuff but i didn't play as much fantasy as i definitely uh do plan on doing this year and i didn't really uh worry about bets or anything like that last year well this year i'm definitely 100 ready down to get you know to either lose money or make a million so yeah, whether you whether you lose a few hundred or make a million it's time for daily fantasy owners and uh figured the first question we ask every week is uh for week one's main slate on sunday is which top five player via quarterback, running back, or wide receiver are you 100% fading? Do you want me to start the question off or start the answer? Yep. Okay. Uh, so for quarterback, I decided to go with Wilson. Um, it's, it's kind of a weird spot. Like uh, all you have Mahomes, Murray, Allen, Wilson, and Rodgers. All five of them are high over-under team totals, so they're all going to produce. Uh, I think there's a chance that Russell Wilson may not. Uh, I, I think the floor on Russell Wilson is probably the lowest out of all five of those, and that's probably that's the reason why I chose Wilson at 7,000 7, uh, on DraftKings because he seems to have a, a lower floor, that O-line, if it's still questionable, if it's still hurt, then they're still going to have a lot of issues with uh, protecting Wilson, with him scrambling. And, you know, he could easily just walk away from the uh, game with, you know, just – I see a mere 20-ish points or something like that. But, I mean, like, there's there's been times last year where he – was it? He's only gotten 20 points, 17 points. Uh, Indianapolis isn't really, it's, it's a good defense, but they don't blitz a lot, but they do pressure or hurry the quarterback a lot. I think I saw them like top five and, uh, hurrying the quarterback. Um, so that's probably another reason why they, they have probably a really good D line and they could probably just tear up a bunch of O lines. And if Seattle's still experiencing O line issues then i would uh try to fade uh wilson as least as possible that doesn't mean i'm gonna not play him this week but if i was to pick one of these guys not to play it'll be wilson 
Yeah, I'm I'm in the same ballpark with you, just a few hundred bucks. Uh, I am not the biggest fan of Justin Herbert this weekend. Trust me, I've got him in a few weeks. And uh, I am a little nervous. I mean, Chargers are playing a few new solos on their offensive line, new coaching staff. And guess what? You get Chase Young in the Washington football team. And just yeah. Even spicy Austin Eckler mispractice today. So yeah, the, the Eckler news definitely makes you want to uh, steer away from Herbert. Um, I didn't even think about Herbert being this price. He's only a hundred dollars less than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but um, I, I, I think that there's a, a pretty stiff line between Rodgers and Herbert, as in tears. Like you know, Rodgers is probably going to do more, a lot better work than. Uh, Herbert is going to do in, like on average. Um, all right. So who do you think about running back? What top five running back are you uh, trying to fade? Can, can I cheat and use Saquon Barkley for this one? I've got no items for Saquon Barkley. Uh, yeah, we can use him because Saquon, like with the pricing, um, it's kind of close. Like he's same, he's 200 less than Jonathan Taylor, but then he's, uh, Nick Chubb is underneath him for 600 more. So, yeah, we can put Barkley in the top tier. Okay. Well, let's see. Coming off a torn ACL, facing a tough Bronco defense and a sketchy offensive line at that. Ugh. And not to mention with guys coming off a torn ACL, you don't know if he'll be on a pitch count. So, I'm not using Saquon Barkley. If you've got him in fantasy, that's one thing. I don't think I would use Saquon Barkley in DFS circles. If you've got the money, pay up for John and Taylor, Falvin Camaro, or doubtful Derrick Henry. Or if you want to go cheaper, potentially use one of these guys. Lower. I, I would much rather slam Nick Chubb right now than Barkley. I would rather. Um, I would rather slam Nick Chubb, even though I don't. Even though he's not in a great spot, either. I'd rather slam. Clyde was a layer than Saquon Barkley. Yeah, uh, Barkley is just uh, – it's a bad matchup, um, a pretty good defense. Uh, they have a questionable O-line that could benefit Barkley a little bit because if they're dropping back to pass, he's probably going to be one of the first options to throw to. Um, with a bad bunch of wide receivers as well or one of the lower quality wide receiver cores in the league, um, Barkley could definitely get a lot of targets. So that would be my only uh, thing with him, but super contrarian. I can't imagine people are rostering him. What is Saquon's um, ownership now? Uh, he is projected 5.3% above high, Jonathan Taylor. That's higher than I thought it would have been. I mean, he's still like – it's almost like in season-long fantasy or season-long dra- uh, fantasy football – you just start your studs and it's almost like that logic where uh, so I'm going to go into who I would fade in the top five quarterbacks and it'll be Jonathan Taylor at $8,000 uh, with Wentz having some in- injuries. Uh, and I mean, he is saying he's going to start, but it's just like how good or proficient he'll be. Seattle just may load the box up and just have Wentz try to beat them with a beat up, like, you know, uh, T.Y. Hilton's not there, so Pittman's your number one receiver with Pascal. Um, you have Doyle and uh, 
Ali Cox, Mo Ali Cox there for pass catching. So like I would think um if Seattle is gonna win this game, that they're gonna uh game plan for Jonathan Taylor in the run game and just try to contain that as much as possible and have Wentz beat them. So with that, I would say that I would fade Jonathan Taylor over anyone else just because like with Wentz is it's almost like the Cowboys thing. Like Dak Prescott gets injured. Elliot can't do anything because it doesn't matter how good you are. They'll just get nine people to box on you and they'll make you like, all right, your quarterback has to beat us now. And when you have an injured Wentz, if you have a backup quarterback like Andy Dalton, you know, that's proven the, to work where it's just you just game plan for the best player on the field and then they're going to have a hard time beating you uh let's see here for what yeah which what? one are you fading top one are you fading uh this is probably the hardest question uh because I the first wideout that I do not like going down this list is still finding it. Uh, Deontay Johnson at sixty three hundred. So, with that said, if we keep to the the perimeters of the question, what top five wide receiver am I going to fade? I would have to say it's Hill. Uh, it's kind of crazy to say that. But at 8,200, if I can squeeze another 100 somewhere, I'm just going to pay up for Devontae Adams. Um, I think Calvin really is set to have a really big day and probably a really big season uh, with him being one of the – him and Kyle Pitts being the only, like, premier athletic pass catchers on that team. Like, I think Calvin really is about to put up, like, Devontae Adams numbers from last year this year um like he's been shown that he can do it um so like if i'm in a situation where it's like hill or ridley i'm probably going to put really in the lineup majority of the times i am sprinkling hill in there uh just because he is tree kill and you know he could he could put up 30 without even thinking um but he's also contesting with travis kelsey for targets and catches and you know try and Travis Kelsey or Kels, he's just no slouch at the end of the day. Like, you know, he gets his targets, he gets his catches. Uh, Tariq Hill sort of does more with less, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he was definitely targeted a lot last year. But, like, this stat line right here, four, four catches on six targets, 98 yards, two touchdowns. Who does that? Who does that? Like this man, he he's an animal. And Randy, Randy Moss could have done it in his prime. I don't think so. Uh, Randy Moss was a different type of wide receiver. Uh, Tree Kills just got, you know, he can turn a, a 10, 15 yard pass into, you know, a 60 yard touchdown because of how fast he is, um, how skillful he is with his jukes and everything. Um, like, so in a bubble, it would be Hill. But when I look at the names, it would probably – I want to say Justin Jeffrey, Jefferson, but he's playing against Cincinnati's defense. So that's, like, the only reason why I didn't pick Justin Jeffrey, Jefferson. 
here is because I'm having harder times in constructing GPP lineups to click on Tariq Hill's name than I do Justin Jefferson's name, if that makes sense. I actually, I actually think Jefferson might be my pick because Tyree Hill can always go off. And yeah, we always, yeah, we all know how well Je- Jefferson played last year. But don't you think Mike Sim would want to run the ball, which means Dalvin Cook? I mean, he's a run for first coach. When I think of Zimmer, I think he'll want to run the ball, which potentially means few opportunities for Jefferson. No, that, that's definitely uh, true. But, I mean, Jefferson's the number one uh, option right now. And playing it's so the only reason why I – do not like looking at Justin Jefferson in my lineups. I like, I probably click Justin Jefferson as much as I click Tariq Hill. So Justin Jefferson against uh, Cincinnati's defense, like he should be able to eat, but it's like, if they get so far ahead, they may just run the ball. Like you said, like, and then all of a sudden Dalvin cooks, just getting all the opportunities and touches. Um they may not need to throw deep and he may only get six or seven targets this game because, you know, they get off to a quick lead and then all of a sudden they're just playing ahead the entire time where they don't have to use him. So I could, I could definitely see that. I, I think after talking, saying it out loud and hearing your uh, reasoning, I, I think I would change my answer to Justin Jefferson, but it's pretty close because he's in a weird spot where like I will click on Hopkins or Diggs' name over Jefferson. And if I'm clicking it to rekill, I would rather save money and pick Ridley who I think is probably going to have the same amount of uh, fancy points at the end of the day than to rekill. Or if I have a hundred more dollars, I'll just pick Adams. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Like Hill, Hill's name is just, he's in a weird spot where it's just like, well, there's Devontae Adams right above him for a hundred more dollars, but Calvin then there's Calvin Ridley right underneath him, yeah. and he's probably going to get majority. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he has twelve targets this week, and probably probably averaging twelve targets for the season. That might be a little too rambunctious, but that that'll be a good hot take for me. I, I'll, I'll die on that hill. Calvin Ridley is probably going to average twelve targets a game this year. <laughs> Because if, especially if Atlanta's defense isn't that much better from last year, uh-huh. they're going to be playing from behind. Like the Falcons might be the team you want. The Falcons might be the team you want as an opponent because that means shootouts every day of the week. Yeah, um, that that could definitely be true. Like uh, New Orleans against Atlanta, you're probably going to have uh, Ridley Camaro stacks all over the place. How about Carolina Atlanta? You could go Donald. McCaffrey Ridley. The only thing I'm afraid of that is Atlanta getting too far ahead and then they're not using this year. Well, I mean, I guess they lost to Carolina once. Yeah, really uh, starting the season, 12 targets, 10 targets, 13 targets. He had five against Green Bay. But then 10 targets, 7, 4, 9, 9, 10, 12, 14, 9, 12. Oh, good grief. Like, he's, it definitely varies. But, like, he, he has multiple double-digit ones. 
Man, he was 0 for 5 in Green Bay. They shut him down. He has zero catches on five targets. He just couldn't do anything that game. All right. Um, let's go ahead and uh, move on to the next question. What stack, what game stack are you really liking? Uh, I'm going I'm going Arizona, Tennessee this weekend. I mean, no matter what quarterback you like, I, I like Tannehill. I, and I really like me some Kyler Murray this weekend. I think both quarterbacks are in for field days. I know when everybody looks at Tennessee, they think of Derrick Henry. But Brian Tannehill has been quite possibly the most underappreciative quarterback the last year and a half or so. And let's see. The Titans only added a future Hall of Famer to A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. <laughs> how do you stop how do you stop the Titan offense? And it's not like Arizona's got a great secondary. I mean, Malcolm Butler retired. And I don't I mean, we, we sort of saw the demise of uh the Titans the last year or two. It's like if Derrick Henry can't get going, then Titans are sort of like we don't know if we're going to win, but if Derrick Henry has, what, 80 or more rushing yards or something like that or 100 more, they're winning that game majority of the times. It was, it was some kind of stat I remember. Um, I vaguely remember where it's just like if he's held under a certain amount of yards, the Titans are going to lose. And it sort of showed that uh, last year, I think. Um, I got to find that stat, see if it's true or not. But it seems true. It was like all the bad uh, Derrick Henry games, they're probably losing. Um, and the funny thing is I picked the same stack as you Titans in Arizona. Um, the big reason is, um, you're paying down for key positions. You're paying down for Tannehill and some of your stacks you're paying down for Edmonds and a lot of your spots. Like he's definitely probably the cheapest running back starting running back out there at 4,600. Um, you're paying down, like, if you want to spice it up and maybe you don't want to start Hopkins for whatever reason. You know, you could put a Christian Kirk in there for 4000 I think he's $4,000. Uh, 4500 uh, That's a little pricey for, for Kirk. How about Rondell Moore at the mid-3K? It, he would have to start for me. Like, th- that would probably be a Sunday decision, like, if the depth charts come out and he's actually starting above A.J. Green or Christian Kirk. Um, I think Christian Kirk's not going to lose his job. He sort of seemed like he proved like he won it last year. Um, and there wasn't a lot of talk about him losing his job. And AJ Green just essentially taking over the uh the Larry Fitzgerald role, the veteran that you're not gonna get a lot of work out of him, but he's definitely good for like four catches a game. And you can also randomly put him in there because he can randomly get you a touchdown. Where, like, they're in the end zone, and then all of a sudden it's just like, boom. Like, they just, like, Murray throws it just above the quarterback's uh, head, and AJ, AJ Green just jumps up there with his height and just catches the ball. That could definitely happen. But that's the main reason why I like the Titans Arizona stack. Uh, just plug in and weigh at the players. Like, you know, you're saving money with Tannehill and Edmonds. And then if you want to mix it up with some Kirk and there, if you want to go Connor on some random things, you know, you're just saving money with that, with that stack. I feel like even you go Tannehill, Julio, uh, Hopkins, you're saving some money. And it's not a bad pivot from AJ green, to be honest with you, like being able to pivot 
and you're not on the same team. It's, you know, you can, you can get very similar lineups in there, which is AJ green or I'm sorry, AJ Brown or Julio Jones in there and just be like, okay, if one of them goes off and the rest of your lineup is doing well, then you're good. Yeah, we both we both agree on a favorite stack of the week. I'm just thinking, of course, now Arizona Tennessee is going to end up like 10 3 and we're going to look like morons, right? I I mean, yeah, a little bit. But I mean, like, I'm also like, I'm not like, they're definitely not my most owned stack out of everyone. I would say probably KC's up there um, just because of Mahomes Hill, Mahomes Kelsey. And all the good uh, cheap plays that you could play in there, which Edmonds is also in a lot of those lineups because he's saving me a lot of money. I, I um, really like Carolina stack this week. Donald McCaffrey, Anderson, or even I even threw in a stack today with Donald McCaffrey and Terrence Marshall. I mean, Sam Darnold is a thing, but I think at the end of the day, like, I don't think he can win you. I mean, I guess he could win. Like, he just throws a couple. I, I don't know. It's hard. Like, I can't say that. A revenge game against the Jets. He knows the Jets personnel better than the coaches do. Yeah, but I mean, like, the Jets are also like a, a steaming pile of trash right now. As well. <laughs> good but luck. I mean, like, they, they could be really good. They, they have Tavon Coleman, which, uh, not Tavon, Tevin. But Tevin Coleman's also pretty cheap too at forty nine hundred. So you just go McCaffrey Coleman. Um, you know you could put Wilson in that stack, or you could just flip it and put Darnold in that stack, and they're pretty much the same quarterback. I mean, you could have some good stacks on that game, but I mean, like that game is just like it could just be a low score in like sixteen to ten game, and it's just like all right, whatever. Like Christian McCaffrey is the only one that scores a touchdown on the Carolina side, and. You're sitting there, you know, starting like DJ Moore is a good start. Robbie Anderson's randomly a good start. Yeah, it's like fillers. Wide receiver Elijah Moore. That's the thing. Like James Crowder might come back. Yeah, and then Corey Davis too. I mean, you've got pieces in that game. Mm-hmm. Of course, Crowder's going to play and get like four catches for fifty yards. I'm like, why are you still on the team? This is definitely something where I'm probably not. Uh, rostering a lot of Elijah Moore and right now and I'm probably going to wait till Sunday morning to make like the rest of my 150 lineups just so I know like if James Crowder's starting you know I'm probably just going to dodge everyone but Corey Davis on the Jets because Corey Davis is a good price I feel like yeah Corey, um yeah Corey Davis is in that realm of like middle wide receivers I mean Vesca old 5k uh, T. Higgins is chalky in there. I'm trying to think. Uh, Boyd's like 52. Tyler Boyd's 5,200. I think there are a couple other ones in that 4K, the 5K, a price tag. Uh, Jerry Judy's 48. T. Higgins, 47. Yeah, that's probably why. That, that's the main reason why, like, Judy's up there in ownership and projections. Uh, Higgins is up there in projection. Corey Davis is even up there too. Um, it's just because you know those are the number one guys in their spots. Maybe not T. Higgins is, but T. Higgins has shown that he can definitely do it. Um, where it's just like 
you know, these guys can't produce and they're at a very discounted price. Um, so yeah, I definitely, um, it, that Elijah Moore, I'm probably just going to fade. Like I, I may not completely fade him if Crowder is out, but I'm not going to have high ownerships on him. Yeah. You're going to be below the field. More likely. And I, right now it doesn't even look like the field's even really high on him. Uh, well, he's projected seven percent. So yeah, I'm I'm probably going to definitely be below him. Now, be- if Crowder doesn't start, maybe all my lineups or majority of my lineups that I make Sunday morning are going to have him in it. It could be a possibility for sure. Here's an um, here's an interesting question mm-hmm. from wide receiver, the cheap running back. Which sub five k running back will you play, and why? Uh, I would go with Edmonds. Um, just because he's a starting running back, uh, that's a high over under, uh, he's shown that he can, uh, produce some pretty high games. Uh, they're very hit or miss though, realistically. Um, so it's just like, it's, I don't know. It's just, he seems like the one that I would want to target the most under 5k and then, the next one I would target is Mr. Uh, Tony Jones Jr. of the Saints. Uh, he's at minimum price at 4K as a running back. Um, he just took over the number two spot when they dropped Latavius Murray. Um, and we saw we sort of saw last year and the year before, Latavius Murray still put up some points randomly being behind Alvin Kamara. So with a min price guy in GPPs, I'll throw him in there and like he gets, you know, if he randomly gets a touchdown or he catches like four balls for like what, 30 yards and he gets like a couple more yards for rushing. Like, you know, he's getting close to 10, 12 points, you know, for minimum price. That's not terrible. But then like, if he scores a touchdown, like all your, Tony Jones Jr. lineups are just shooting up there. And I I can't imagine uh, Murray didn't score any touchdowns last year. Let's see. He scored four total touchdowns last year. Oh, no, that was just... So he scored six total touchdowns, two catching and then two rushing, or four rushing. So, I mean, like, he can... You know, average 41 yards a game. You, Tony Jones Jr. is definitely a, a 100% GPP dart where you're putting him in there because he's a min price running back that we'll see is super dependent on if he gets a touchdown. Like, if he gets a touchdown and he's in your lineup, you're going to print money, it feels like. Now, with that said, he's definitely going to be less than, like, 5% of my lineups. But, like with my Mahomes Kelsey lineups or my, you know, two stud running back lineups, you know, he, I'll just throw him in there as the third and just, you know, see what I can make do with. Um, there's definitely a lot of chalky uh, cheap wide receivers this week. Uh, you know, Callaway, Higgins, Pittman, Judy, Corey Davis, uh, Waddle, Jamar Chase, uh, where you might be able to get away with, starting him get some of those mid-tier wide receivers in there 
and just go like super high in with your running backs. Yeah, you which DK, I mean, DK used to have the 3K mid-price for running back. I'm like, why couldn't they have like the 3K mid-price for running back now and make lineups, lineup construction so much easier? Yeah. But I mean, like it's like DK is known for their pricing, even though they came out sort of early with this one. I will say DK DK was full lenient with a lot of these wide receivers, like most of these wide receivers in the three and four K range could have been quite a bit higher. I mean, uh maybe not. Because like Marquez Callaway at 3400 now is a steal. A number one receiver with James the quarterback. I mean that's the thing though. Like he's he, like that's like the good and bad thing with Callaway. Like yes he's number one wide receiver but He's got to fight Kamara with that. Kamara could easily take over this team as the uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey role where he's 60% of the yards that the team gets total this year. He could easily be that. He could be in that role. And if he's in that role, then, you know, Callaway's not going to get a lot of hits and misses. Or, you know, he's just not going to get a lot of hits. Like, he may get, like, six, seven targets. Like, if he's not peaking 10 targets, and then, it, I don't know, it's just, it's really weird. Like, it's fortunate that they're in a high over-under game. Their over-under is kind of high. And they're playing against Green Bay, because Green Bay can easily put points on them as well. And then they can sort of make it, like, a, a pretty good game, where it's just like, okay, we need a wide receiver to step up for New Orleans. Like they just can't rely totally on Kamara. Um, I don't hate uh, Callaway for sure, but also like Michael Thomas was supposed to be this uh, Traquan. I think he Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith. Yeah, he was supposed to be good, but you know a lot of people are talking trash about him. Like not a lot of big things are coming up here. I guess he had that one game where he just went off for two touchdowns. Yeah, he seems like a touchdown-dependent guy. Like, he wasn't getting the targets. But, I mean, he was also sharing the field with Michael Thomas for part of that year. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe yeah. on Smith. Not a lot of people are talking about him. So, maybe he's the play this week if you want to go contrarian. Especially because Jair Alexander might be on – might shadow Callaway. That could be – that could be true. Well, I mean, he might be on Smith, though, too. Really depends how they line up. Um, I've got, I've got one, I've got two, but it's based on a technicality. If Austin Eckler doesn't play any mispractice thing with a hamstring injury, I think either Georgia running back might be an intriguing play at the mid price because you get a starting run back. I know it's a bad matchup against the Washington football team defense, but a mid price running back, whether it be Joshua Kelly or, Who's the uh, or Justin Jackson could potentially open up a lot of plays. What do you want to play a Mahomes Kelsey stack, a potential Atlanta stack, or, or even the Tennessee stack? Maybe a Tannehill, Henry, Julio, or EJ Brown, potentially DeAndre Hopkins stack. Having that mid price running back could be in 
could be useful. Well, it, it could be. It really just depends on Eckler. Like that's that's another one that that's we're probably going to wait till. That's going to be the uh, injury we watched this weekend. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely the injury that we're going to watch. Um, another name I just saw that's under five thousand at running back is Mark Ingram. Oh my Houston. goodness! So the big thing with this is they got what they got Ingram, David Johnson, and Lindsey. And I think David Johnson is technically the number one. I think Johnson's supposed to be the pass. Oh, no. Mark Ingram is number one. Well, at least on this step chart on uh, DraftKings, they have Rex Burkhead, too. What is going on? <laughs> the Texans are tanking. The Texans are tanking. We just that, really, that really makes me like uh, Brandon Cooks more. I really wish you Brandon Cooks was just a little bit cheaper. I'm just saying, if you want to throw a Lawrence Mama Jones Brandon Cooks stack in there, it makes sense. I mean, we know what Brandon Cooks is capable of doing. Well, let's see. Let's look at uh, their depth chart. Yeah, Ingram starting. Okay. Oh, good. oh, so they got. Oh, so their lineup, their offense is going to be two running backs lineup with Lindsey and Ingram. I think Johnson will be the PPL guy. I don't really want Ingram or Lindsay. I would like me being a Denver fan. Like I, I'm definitely a little favoritism towards Lindsay, but like he might be uh, catches carries. That doesn't say like what his stats are. Um, but I mean, like if they're running uh, two running back sets and Ingram and Lindsay are both on there. Like that might be a thing where you could just pick either one and just go for it. Did he not play the entire year? No, he didn't. Okay. Well, yeah, England didn't really play in the playoffs. Well, no, I was talking about Lindsay. Oh. He had 23 carries against New England. Nine, six, eight, four. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because we were deal we had Melvin Gordon last year. I was like, wait a minute, Lindsay. So his 2019 year was like Lindsay's breakout year and also his first year on the team. And then you signed Melvin Gordon. Like, you got Melvin Gordon when Lindsay was a better running back. And <laughs> uh, I don't know if Lindsay's a better running back because he's super tiny. At least younger running back. Yeah. But, I mean, like, Melvin Gordon, I think we signed to one-year deal, and then we're just like, okay, he can stick around again. Two like, Melvin Gordon did his thing. So the, problem, the problem with Denver is their O-line. Like – it doesn't matter who's a, uh, who's in the middle of taking a ball. Um, for the last, like, five years, like, our O-line's been trash, and that's just been the, uh, the destroyer of them. Like, watching Casey Keenum run for his life has been brutal. Um, all right. So how about this, man? What tight end, not named Kelsey or Pitts, are you rostering this week? I think there are three options for me. If you want to go more expensive – I think George Kittle makes sense. I mean, San Francisco's a big favorite. You know, Jimmy G loves his tight ends. Kittle's ready to rumble. And then Kittle makes a lot of sense. If you want to go expensive, but not all the way, the Kittle or Kelsey, I think Hawkinson potentially 48, 4900 makes a lot of sense. I mean, 
Are you are you Detroit's number one receiver right now? I mean, it's T.J. Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, and everybody else. I really like Hawkinson this year, and I don't care if it's a bad match against the Niners. I mean, he could get there with volume alone. And then cheap tight end. I really like John Smith this year. I know everybody's saying, what about Hunter Henry? What about Hunter Henry? From everything I've seen and everything I've heard, I think John Smith's the number one tight end in New England. And guess what? This New England offense is going to be a lot like that Tom Brady offense with Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. They use a lot of two tight end set. I think John Smith at 4,100 is the play this week. I can see that. It's hard for me to roster him because it's just like, I don't know what's about to happen in New England. Um, Damian Harris is like the only comfortable New England player that I, I enjoy. Not, I would not roster. play any New England wide receiver this weekend, but I would play Damian Harris, Mac Jones, or John. That's fair. So for me, I mean, it, it seems like Kelsey and Pitts are the – talk of the town i mean kelsey's in his own stratosphere when it comes to like his production and what he does pits everyone's on him because of his price um and then you have like the the, the tight ends in between that are just like they're going to see play kittle hawkinson uh, uh logan thomas he's probably going to see a decent amount of play as well the one guy that i really like is everett i like everett for Seattle, and it's kind of funny because the other two tight ends are in the same game, or um, Mo Ali Cox and Jack Doyle. I really think so. Everett uh, is the lone tight end there. He seems to be somewhat productive when he gets on. Um, last year, I think he was with the Rams, so it was just like you know he was compete with who was there Higby. So it's just like he wasn't really that productive. But, I mean, there's been games where he – nine targets. Um, he was four for four for 90 yards. Uh, he randomly rushed for a touchdown last year. Like, you know, he's definitely a back that can do some stuff or a tight end for sure. But if we go down to Indianapolis and Jack Doyle and Mo Ali Cox, those two guys seem like the – the dart this year. Like those are the guys that you sort of want to target because you have Carson Wentz and the offensive coordinator from the Eagles. When Wentz was playing for the Eagles, they're back together. And what happened in Philadelphia Ertz and Goddard were eaten. They're 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 two tight end setups. They're eating all day. So with these guys price at 2,900 for Mo Alley Cox and 3,200 for Jack Doyle. I think if you can randomly fit these guys in your tight end slot or maybe even a flex slot, like if you go, that seems kind of crazy, but I mean, it's a dart. It's a dart, but I mean, like realistically, you're not going to get a wide receiver or a running back cheaper than 3,000. So you just plug Mo Alley Cox in there for 2,900 in your flex position. And he gets like, you know, six targets. I, I feel like that's a win no matter what his, uh, production was. Do you remember, um, do you remember the uh, DK Slater? I think it was two years ago where Jack Doyle was 
3,300, and Tyler Higby was 25, and how both of them were in, like, everybody's lineups. Everybody was, like, stacking two tight ends that week because they were they're cheap and pass-heavy offense and in great spots, and both of them panned out. Yeah. Um, and this sort of feels like the spots. Like, these could definitely be super letdown spots, but, I mean, like, you're, you're pay, like if you're only playing one tight end, you're paying down for tight end. You sort of know what you're getting at the start. But then, like, you're not paying up for Kelsey or anything in that spot. So, like, you could pay up in other positions. Like, you can have three stud running backs, you know, where your cheapest running back is probably James Robinson. Um, or you can have three stud wide receivers. And then, like, just those two guys seem to, like, check it. Like, it seems set up that no one – it seems like no one's talking about them. It's the strange thing. Like, no one's bringing up um, – because I was reading an article about, like, oh, Carson Wentz is going to set up to have a good year um, because he's back with his old offensive coordinator. Well, that immediately was like, oh, Jack Doyle and Mo Alley-Cox are probably going to get set up for success. Which one is it going to be? I don't know. Hopefully – I'm not going to be super heavy on them realistically. But I, I'm imagining I'm probably going to be a little bit heavier than a field, even at like 3% of my lineups they're in, um, which is what, uh, like four different lineups. If they're in like four to six lineups each, I can see that. Um, and I'll be happy with it too. Like I'll just punt off the tight end position. Hopefully they pay off and then hopefully like just stack the rest of the roster with studs. Yeah, I mean, if you get, if you stack two tight ends, both two dirt cheap tight ends, and both of them go off, you'll be and you eat the rest of your lineups. You'll be in the bacon on Monday. No, the only way I would roster two tight ends is if I have Kelsey, and then I put Mo Ali Cox in the flex, or I mean, maybe I could put Jack Doyle there too. But could you could you put in? Here's what you could do. Maybe you put in like who, uh, who's Seattle, like everyone in tight end and have like Kelsey in your, in your flex position. And if your lineup's looking good, maybe put in Devontae Adams. But if not, if you, if your lineup's got little mineral chance, maybe you put in Tyreek Hill and thinking he can be a slate breaker. Maybe. Um, I'm just clicking around right here, and I I put Kelsey and Mo Ali Cox in this lineup, and it's not like the greatest. I I think it, I I don't know if I would go two tight end slots, but if I if I would go two tight ends, I I think Kelsey and Kittle would be part of the equation. Like I don't think I would play two super cheap tight ends. Could you play Pit? Could you play Pitts and Kelsey together? I mean, you could. That'd be super chalky. <laughs> I'm but just, I mean, that's an option. Would be chalky, but both of them together might not be. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. But I mean, I can also see that being a a thing where, you know, just say you like. So we we know that Kyle Pitts is going to be super chalk, and realistically, Kelsey's going to be super chalky too because. He's Travis Kelsey. Like, he's just in his own world when it comes to tight end points, uh, 
per game. Um, I mean, you could. I don't know how happy you're going to be about it, but, I mean, you definitely could. Like, you pair it up with Falcons defense, so you just pay the complete minimum for it. And then the real question is, who's going to be your quarterback? Hmm, that might be be where you go, James. I don't think I would. I mean, I put Mahomes in here, and you have 5,400. We'll just start splashing around, like, the cheap chalk. We got Callaway, and we'll go Jones, too. We'll we'll see if we can make this super chalky lineup. (laughs) Uh, Okay, then use Alvin Camaro. Well, I mean, he, he, there's a possibility he gets in there. Where is... Antonio Gibson. Yeah, why not? He's cheaper than uh, our average right now. So with Mahomes, Gibson, Callaway, Jones Jr., Kyle Pitts, Kelsey, Falcons, D. You're left with two slots open, running back and wide receiver at 7150 per player. Hmm. 7150. Well, Alvin Kamara is 86. That gives you 5,700 for a wide receiver. That puts you at Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Okay. Ayuk. How do you pronounce uh, Brandon's last name for the 49ers? Ayuk. Ayuk. Okay. I mean, you got Claypool here, too, if you want to splash around. You could probably build this lineup with all three of these wide receivers. Robbie Anderson. I want someone chalkier, though. Maybe there isn't anyone chalkier. Let's see. What happens if I put Dalvin Cook in this lineup? 5,200. Ooh, Tyler Boyd. Then you can use the Viscous Chanel, Tory Davis, or Tyler Boyd. Bingo. Or you see Mac at 95, and then you've got uh, uh, T. Higgins. Do you get T. Higgins if you put uh, CMC up there? Oh, go ahead. 4,800. You get Jamar Chase. Oh, Jerry Judy and T. Higgins. Yeah. Holy moly. (laughs) Maybe I just do this for like a handful of my lineups. Yeah, why not? This is what happens when you when two great minds think alike at nine eighteen on a Wednesday. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully this is okay. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up the uh, podcast. And since it's nine eighteen, all right. Um, so the Eckler news is big. Um, we're definitely going to keep an eye on that. Um, like I said, uh, out of uh, the hundred and fifty lineups that I'm building on FanDuel and DraftKings. Like I would probably say, majority of them are going to be going to be available uh, or blank until I know what's going on with Eckler, uh, because I do have some Eckler lineups right now that I built, and I'm probably going to deconstruct them um, just because I want to know where Eckler's at game time season, and they're probably the late game too because they're playing. Oh, no, they're one o'clock. One o'clock. Oh, okay, that's right. They're playing in Washington. Nice. I mean, who knows? Maybe Eckler is just a complete fade. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking if Eckler is questionable, I might 
throw in like Aaron Jones and think, I know it's a bad match on paper, but he might score the touchdowns. I mean, if anything, this is going to definitely make me like Keenan Allen more. Yeah, then Keenan Allen will be in my catch lineup. God, Keenan Allen is just on another world last year. Gosh. Like, like we, Keenan we look Allen at is eight. so consistent. Like, it seems like every day, every game, he's like it's seven catches for 90 yards or 100 yards. I'm like, Keenan Allen, like, Keenan Allen can just put – is always there, whether it be for Rivers or Herbert. So there was a random stat. I think it was week seven, eight, and nine that there's only – three wide receivers that had 10 or more targets um, in that span of three weeks. Keenan Allen was one of them. Can you name the other two? Say it again. Don't, no Google, no Googling. So, Could you repeat the question? Yeah, I'm about, I'm about to repeat it. So last year, three weeks in a row, there's three wide receivers that got 10 or more targets three weeks in a row. Keaton Allen was one of them. Uh, I think I can get the other two. Who are the other two? I bet you can't. Calvin Ridley? No. Devontae Adams? No. Holy crap. Huh. One of them I really doubt Kelsey? I'm going to get. Kelsey? Nope. No, wide receiver. Oh, gosh. Now you got me thinking. All right. So just to save some time. Um, yeah, it was week five, six, and seven. Okay, five, six, seven. No, you're looking it up. Stop looking it up. No, I'm not. I've got like yeah. one hand on my table. So you're not going to give this one. So I'll DK, go ahead and give you DK this one. Metcalf. Nope. Fulgham. What? Travis Fulgham with the Eagles? Yep. And the other one was Allen Robinson. Oh, he, well, yeah. He you can see that. I, yeah. I, could, I wouldn't have guessed Fulgham if you gave me 100 chances. Yeah. Like. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You're not going to get both of them. I was pretty sure of that one. Um, all right. Uh, let's go ahead and just uh, wrap this bad boy up. Uh, thanks for hopping on, uh... Yeah, Charles, man. We wish you and we wish uh, you all the best of your lives, and hopefully, uh, we'll be uh, bringing home the bacon this weekend. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, good luck to you as well. I'm definitely uh, excited. Football's back and it's in full effect. COVID's still something to worry about, but doesn't seem that big of a problem. So yeah, it feel you have a full crowds back and a full DFS lead. So we'll all be in this weekend. All right. Hopefully, uh, no games are going to be changing like oh, they did gosh. last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, they already changed one with the Falcons and Saints playing in Jacksonville with Ida. But that's, yeah, that's fair though. That's a natural disaster. Right. See you later. See you next week. All right, guys. Oh wait. How do I? Oh.